Well, hello and welcome to Binge Watch, the podcast where we take a look at the hottest new TV and film releases on streaming television platforms. I'm Hannah Fernando, the editor of Woman Magazine. And I'm Ian McEwen, writer on TV and Satellite Week magazine and whattowatch.com. And today we're looking at the new releases for the week starting Friday the 1st of April 2022, including Disney's new Marvel superhero series Moon Knight, starring Oscar Isaac, and Jane Seymour's new Acorn TV murder mystery, Harry Wilde. And we'll also be looking at the 1980s heyday of Magic Johnson and the LA Lakers basketball team in Now TV's Winning Time and investigating death on the Nile as Kenneth Branagh's latest Poirot film docks on Disney+. Plus. But first, Ian, what is in the news? Richard Armitage, Charlie Murphy and Indira Varma are filming Netflix's torrid take on Josephine Hart's 1991 novel Damage about a young woman who has an illicit affair with her fiancé's father. That was a film with Jeremy Irons way back when. What else is in the news, Hannah? The Muppet Electric Mayhem Band, comprising Dr. Teeth, Animal, Floyd Pepper, Janice, Zoot and Nips, well, they take centre stage as they record their first album in the 10-part Disney Plus comedy, The Muppet's Mayhem. Well, we've got some good stuff this week. A blockbuster movie and a superhero drama, a sports drama and a murder mystery. So we're going to kick off with this eagerly anticipated new Marvel series. It arrives on Disney Plus on March the 30th. It's called Moon Knight. And here's a clip. Yeah. Oh, my God, you're alive. What's wrong with you, Mark? Why did you call me Mark? It must be very difficult. The voice in your head. There's chaos in you. So I know the Marvel Universe isn't your particularly your favourite place, Hannah, but this is a rather interesting new addition to all the movies and spin-off TV series that we've had. It stars Oscar Isaac, who you might know from Inside Lewin Davis, the Coen Brothers movie. He plays, well, it's quite a complex backstory. He plays this guy called Stephen, who works in the gift shop at the British Museum. So far, so good. Yeah, so he's doing an English accent for that bit. But he keeps having these very incredibly vivid dreams, so vivid that he, he can't distinguish dreams from waking life and having these visions. To cut a long story short, it turns out that he's got this condition called dissociative personality disorder, which kind of means he's got multiple personalities. So at sometimes he's mild-mannered Stephen, at other times he's this mercenary called Mark Spector. Disney have been playing their cards pretty close to their chest so i have had a a chat with oscar about the show but they haven't released any previews so we've seen the trailer we've had a chat with a couple of cast members moon knight the title is the sort of crime fighting superhero character who has connections to ancient egypt and an ancient egyptian god and we've seen sort of glimpses of him in the trailer he he's got sort of lights coming out of his eyes he looks a bit like a mummy wearing a superhero cape if you will oscar isaac he's he's a sort of high caliber actor to be taking this lead role and they've also got um ethan hawk appears in this as this sort of guru like figure who's telling him to embrace the chaos 
it's a little bit different from your average. Well, obviously, it's a very different origin story from your average superhero. And the fact that it's looking at this quite serious sort of medical disorder is very interesting as well. So although I haven't seen a full episode, I think it looks really good. And I would watch this, even though I do have, as I've said before, a bit of Marvel fatigue because there's so much Marvel stuff coming out. I think this is really different. Most people, unless they're comic book readers, they won't be aware of Moon Knight, who has who, who is from the Marvel Comics world. It's very different. Oscar Isaac, I think, is a fine actor. And in this Obviously, he's playing more than one character, if you will, or it's, although it's the same person, there are these various different personalities. Some of it was shot in London, which is quite nice. So, yeah, I look forward to when Disney do send me the screeners. We can take a look at a full episode. What do you think, Hannah? I know it's not exactly in your wheelhouse, as they say. <laughs> it's not exactly in my wheelhouse. I think I think I would agree with you. There is a bit of sort of Marvel fatigue, isn't there, um, to a degree at the moment. There seems to be so much, but then there's a market for it, and there's a reason that's happening. Um, obviously, Ethan Hawke's in this, so um, I do like a bit of Ethan Hawke. So I know, I know they're all dressed up, and you can't really tell who they are, but there are some there are some good names in here. And like you say, the characters are a bit different to the usual Marvel characters we see. Um, I can't remember how you just described the the look, but it's kind of like this weird kind of cape. It's a it's a bit more grown up, I suppose, a bit more grown up take. So, yeah, I'm not sure it is one for me. But again, as I said, I think there is a massive market for it. That's why they keep churning them out. Over on Acorn TV, something rather different, a new murder mystery starring Jane Seymour called Harry Wilde. To Harry. Harry! What are you going to do with yourself in retirement? Sort out the attic. Do some gardening. Starting a detective agency. If I'd known I was being raised by Columbo... You're welcome, sweetheart. I've taken nuts. So what's the plan? We have to find a killer and a kidnapper. And this is normal behaviour for a woman your age. Normal is overrated. So there were eight episodes. It's a season one. So we don't know how this is going to go down with the viewers, but I would imagine having seen episode one... Um, pretty well I, th- I think it's great so for me I mean Jane Seymour's played many many remarkable women in her whole career but this is something really quite different because Harriet or she's known as Harry Wilde is a very very free spirited academic and this um first episode in, in fact I imagine the whole thing actually really revolves around the fact that she's retiring um, and so you see this kind of big speech from her at the beginning. And she's, you know, she's a very, very bright woman. But she's got this very edgy side as well. So while she's that person who's devouring books and, you know, um, uh, being the academic that she's known for by her students and, and her associates, actually, she she enjoys hearing and smoking and snogging and generally shocking, you know, everybody and every, uh, you know, in, in every kind of, in her social life, I suppose. So you've got two characters there. And I think what's interesting about this is it's a crime drama, but it's quite liberating for women. I don't think we've seen much like this before in terms of the kind of, um, when we see crime dramas and, and women in it, they they play quite a straight part in it. Um, this allows her to be really quite free-spirited and see two very different kind of people. And I, and I, and I really, really like that. But it doesn't it doesn't end there. That's sort of just where it starts with her retiring and people around her saying, 
well, what are you going to do in your retirement? You know, you, you're not somebody who can sit still. You know, what on earth are you going to do? And she's really cheeky with all the men. She has the upper hands, I suppose is what I'm trying to say. So it does feel that, have that sort of female liberation vibe. She makes, she, she realises that, well, she basically, she becomes, um, uh, uh, she turns sleuth because she, she spots um, something that's going on that she thinks that she can find out. So she spots links between um, a murder that Charlie, who is her very straight-laced detective son, is investigating. Um, and she she spots a link between that murder and an obscure Elizabethan play. And so no one's listening to her. So she goes on her own path to try and, try and crack the case. And so, you know, it, it kind of takes you down another road. And, and I, I don't know where this ends up, but I, I, I kind of think she'll probably be the one that comes out on top because that's the vibe that you get. This is a, this is a, a woman taking on probably an incredibly male-dominated world. And for that reason, I really quite like it. What do you think, Ian? Well, I was given this one to write about for the magazine and I really didn't think it would particularly be my kind of thing. We've said that there are, you know, there's quite a few slightly whimsical sort of whodunits knocking about at the moment. I had a chat with Jane Seymour about it and we're going to hear a little clip from that later on in the podcast. But I have to say, I thought it was really good. I mean, she is in her 70s now, would you believe it? She looks amazing. Yeah, she looks fantastic. She, if you look over her career, obviously she was a Bond girl and then she did Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman, and she's played quite a few real-life people like, like Maria Callas and Wallace Simpson. Recently she's been in The Kaminsky Method, that brilliant Netflix show with Alan Arkin and, and Michael Douglas. And, it, and she was saying that after she did Wedding Crashes with Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson, she suddenly started getting lots more comedy roles and shows and and she she gets to show off her comedic side in this and and she's hilarious i must say i mean i love the character as you say it's just good to see a woman of retirement age who you know she she lives on her own terms if she if she wants to pick up a guy she does she likes drinking she likes smoking she she likes shocking people and she kind of hooks up with this sort of juvenile delinquent character and they become a, a sort of chalk and cheese double act solving crime together so yeah i was pleasantly surprised it's filmed in dublin her character's son's wife is played by a amy huberman who of course is married you'll know this hannah to irish rugby star brian o'driscoll and apparently they all had dinners together and Jane seymour didn't know who he was but that's by the by yeah it's good um the first case as you say, she spots this. I think this could probably be a recurring theme that she'll use her knowledge of literature, I guess. Also, this young lad who's kind of from the wrong side of the tracks. They'll bring different skill sets and they're going to solve these crimes. So, yeah, she's investigating a murder and a missing persons case. And I won't spoil what happens. But I thought it was a very promising first episode. And I would not be at all surprised if this came back for another series. Now, I've got another very impressive new series to tell you about. This one's on Sky Atlantic and Now TV. It's called Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty. And here's a clip. I want to build something special, a real dynasty. But I need a partner. First pick, 1979 NBA draft. 
Los Angeles Lakers select Irvin Magic Johnson. So this arrives on Monday, the 28th of March. It's 10 episodes. Now, I'm not that au fait with American basketball, Hannah, but apparently back in the 1980s, the LA Lakers basketball team had a sort of very dominant period in the game. Over the next, over that decade, uh, they, they won five championships, national championships. Their star player was Magic Johnson, who I'm sure most people have heard of. And this tells the story of that period in, in Lakers history, which is dubbed the Showtime era because of their really exciting attacking play. And it's really well done. It's directed by Adam McKay, who directed The Big Short and Don't Look Up, which we've reviewed on this podcast. It stars John C. Riley, who I'm a big fan of. And he plays this guy, Jerry Buss, who's quite a character. We, we see him in the first scene. He's waking up in the Playboy Mansion <laughs> with, with one of the Playmates. And then he leaves in his white Rolls Royce. So, yeah, he's a bit of a Flash Harry. His background is I think he was a chemist, and then he made a fortune in real estate. But then he decided, for whatever reason, he wanted to buy the Lakers, and he had this vision. I mean, basketball wasn't in great shape in America in this period, in the 70s. He had this vision that basketball could be really exciting and a kind of entertainment spectacle. And in 1979, well, he buys the club, and they get as the draft pick they sign Irvin Johnson, who, who would become known as Magic Johnson. And they would go on to be, you know, one of the all-time great NBA basketball teams. And, you know, the weird thing about the deal was he actually traded the Chrysler building, which is that famous Art Deco <laughs> skyscraper. That was part of his trade to buy the team. It's got a good cast. Quincy Isaiah plays Magic Johnson. You've also got uh, Solomon Hughes, who is playing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who's this extremely tall star player who was already at the Lakers. And you've also got Adrian Brody as uh, the coach. There was that brilliant documentary series on Netflix, which was all about Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. So this is a drama about the Lakers. And I think it's quite stylishly done because, for instance, John C. Riley, he keeps breaking the fourth wall and, and talking straight to the camera. And it's done with a sense of style and a sense of humour. They've got the kind of late 70s, early 80s look of it really well. The costumes and kind of the lighting, it, it looks fantastic. I don't think you're going to get that much court action in terms of the basketball court. What's going on behind the scenes is really interesting. And, and you know, for instance, there's a, the existing coach at the Lakers is this really kind of combustible character. He was an ex-player who had lost so many times to their arch rivals, the Boston Celtics. Anyway, so there's lots of good characters. I think it's really well done. Riley is terrific. Um, and it, you'll learn a lot about basketball. I, mean, I, I don't know much about it, but I found it fascinating. And also, I just loved going back to that 80s period. And on a more serious note, it's also kind of looking at the kind of the sexism and the racism in the workplace and around the game. So, yeah, I would watch all of this. What about you, Hannah? Yeah, I mean, I like kind of, um, we've talked before, haven't we, a, a few sort of sports documentaries and it sort of has that vibe. I think if you want, like you say, if you want sort of, you know, on-court action, I'm not necessarily sure that, that you'll get it. But I think it's interesting. It's interesting to see 
you know, it's, it's turning back the clock a bit, I suppose, to my, to, to my early years. Um, and I don't know much about the teams. I don't know much about this sport really at all. But I just think that the, it, I think, it, like you say, it's stylishly done. Um, and when there's so much money involved with something like this as well, it's um, it kind of, I, I suppose it, it's a look behind the curtain and everybody likes a good nosy. Um, and that's the reality of this is you get a good nosy. You you get a, a real view of, of kind of what go, what goes on, what did go on, what happened and, and, and why they are where they are today. So, yeah, I think that, I think this is, it's hard not to like this, to be perfectly honest with you. Even if you're not interested in the sport, I don't think it particularly matters because it's a journey. Hey, we're going to finish a movie that's not that long ago that it was in the cinema, is it? On Disney Plus, it's Death on the Nile. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the newlyweds, Mr. and Mrs. Simon Doyle. You must meet Hercule Poirot. My congratulations, madame. Merci. He's only the greatest detective alive. I suspect you invited me for reasons other than the fun. Yeah, so Death on the Nile, it's yeah, it's landing on Disney Plus just a few weeks after a cinema release, which is kind of weird. But if you haven't watched it at the cinema, then you need to watch it now. <laughs> um, so um, talking of stylish, this is stylish. This is lots of money thrown at something and it's pretty superb on that front, to be honest with you. You know, I, I just I imagine being on that boat. Um, it's it sort of it just kind of completely envelopes you and you you believe you're on that boat and the champagne's flowing and it's just so ostentatious and wonderful. So Kenneth Branagh directs this, but also stars in it as um, the 1930s Belgian sleuth Hercule Poirot. Um, and if you don't like the French accent, this isn't for you because it's throughout. <laughs> and um, they go on this River Nile vacation. It's a very glitzy cruise ship. Um, and as I say, there's, you know, chefs and anything you could possibly want is on tap. Um, but it turns quite quickly into a murder inv- investigation when a killer strikes. So suddenly, I mean, you're on a boat. There's only a small amount of people or a finite amount of people that could be the murderer and so this is about trying to find out who that is we've got some good names in here we've got Russell Brand we've got the the coming together again of French and Saunders um Dawn French and Jennifer Saunders both star as a lady's maid and her employer um and um yeah it's it's quite dark it's quite sexy as you'd imagine with the whole French part going on um it's also kind of unsettling so it, it brings lots of different um feels i think uh to this and i i actually really quite enjoyed it i got quite caught up in the idea that i'd like to be on on that um cruise ship that was before the murder occurred of course um but yeah re- I, I i i really enjoyed it did you did you like it but well, this is the, the sort of thing that i wouldn't watch at the cinema but um mm. if i was a disney plus subscriber i would watch it when it came up on my account. He does like to direct and star, old Ken Branner, doesn't he? He previously did Murder on the Orient Express, didn't he? Um, another Poirot mystery. I don't particularly like his Poirot. I mean, we've had in the past Albert Finney, of course, and most famously David Suchet. Branner's Poirot has got some pretty odd facial hair, 
and and I and I I'm not super keen on his accent either. But yeah, you're right. It, it looks very stylish and glamorous for sure. It really does. Um, and he's got some. He's got a very stellar cast as well. It's tricky with these well-known Agatha Christie mysteries because I mean, mm. you know, you're probably going to remember who done it. I mean, certainly Murder on the Orient Express. You you've seen it once. You you will remember the the outcome there's quite a lot of cgi isn't there which neither of us are particularly fans of yeah it's, you've got a very good looking cast um it's yeah it, it, it's quite sort of jazzy and sexy yep. so yeah not one that i would would go to the movies to see but certainly once it comes on the old telly box i think yeah worth checking out oh i didn't mention peter Euston, of course perhaps the greatest poirot of all who did star in the 1978 version of death on the nile we've got to that time in the podcast hannah where we find out what you've been binge watching but before we do we're going to hear what jane seymour likes to watch when she gets a bit of downtime i love crime uh, crime stuff i love it um and the soft crime stuff i with lots of characters and anything that that takes place colloquially in like in England or Ireland or, yeah. you know, Australia, New Zealand are, are, are fascinating to me. I love that kind of material. Um, otherwise, uh, Breaking Bad, Euphoria is my new thing that I'm watching. I'm obsessed with. Um, I personally love documentaries and make documentaries. I made one about Glenn Campbell called I'll Be Me. Yes. Um, so I love I love documentary. Um, oh, Billions and um, oh, well, The Crown. I love The Crown. Good to hear that she's a fan of the Crown, like us, Hannah. Now, what have you been? Uh, what have you been watching this week? I know you've had COVID, so I don't know if you've been staying in more than usual. <laughs> Under the blanket, um, yes, I have been staying in more than usual. Um, yeah, I've been watching. Well, I actually was watching Sunday Brunch um, when they were when they kind of talked about this show, and so then I went and looked for it. And it, I don't know if you've heard of it, Perfect House, Secret Location. Um, I, I do like house type shows, as you well know, um, and it's presented by Steve Jones, who's easy, easy on the eye. I'm not going to lie. I watched the Panorama special all about Chelsea owner Roman Abramovich, and I've been trying to get to grips with Inventing Anna on on Netflix, which which we did preview because I love the actress who was in the Ozarks, but I was struggling a bit with the the journalist character who was annoying. But yeah, I've been. Um, binging on that which very much enjoying now we've just got time to look ahead to what we're going to be discussing next week so what's on the agenda brenda well chris pine and sandy newton star a cia agents and ex-lovers trying to flush out a mole in amazon prime thriller all the old knives yes intrigued to know why it's called that and Succession's Brian Cox stars as the head of an Australian crime family in Acorn TV's darkly comic drama series, The Straits. So we look forward to those and more, but in the meantime... Watching! 